Welcome to the Dr. April Jasper Show, relevant conversations for business owners of today. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate being a part of your life and being invited into your day. It is such a joy to be able to help our colleagues to bring value to their patients and to help you strengthen and grow your business. Join us at optometricmanagementeducation.com where you can learn more about all of the other services we provide. We have a subscription service that you can be a part of where you can learn and teach your team from the courses that we've recorded on all of the topics that are relevant to your success. We also have consulting services. And right now, if you give us a call, schedule a call with me, I'll be happy to talk to you about what we can do to help you grow your business one-on-one. Welcome back, everyone. We are so excited to be talking about the 10 ways to recession-proof your practice. Now, I know that, again, it's a timely conversation. We're hearing all kinds of things in the news about where challenges are right now in other industries. But we're also seeing a lot of businesses that are being really successful, having the best years of their life, best days ever. And so I think, again, it brings me back to don't be fearful be excited about the opportunity and continue to learn from each other. So we are sharing ideas and not ideas necessarily that are just ideas. It's not like a light bulb. It's something that has actually been put into place and we've seen it work over and over and over again, because after all, we've been doing this for, am I going to get it right this time? 28 years. Yeah, 28 years. And we have all the expertise of the many offices that we visited, all Mm. the friends that we have and colleagues we talk to at every meeting. So I think they're waiting for number six, Dave. What is So we're talking about treatment options, right? We are. So here it is. The Mm. sixth way Mm -hmm. to recession-proof your practice is to make sure your team keeps up with the latest in options for treatment for Mm -hmm. different types of eye disease. Now, I know that sounds almost ridiculous, Probably to a patient or a consumer, you would think, well, of course a doctor is going to keep up with the latest and greatest. But here's reality. The National Eye Institute, or actually the director of the National Institute of Health, was at a meeting I was at last year. And he said the number one challenge that he sees in healthcare is getting the latest options for treatment and diagnosis, as soon as they become available, getting the information and getting that to the doctors so they can then be able to use that Mm -hmm. for their patients. So you would think in a digital world, we'd all know, you'd know as soon as something new came out, you'd be given that information, you'd, you'd take advantage of it right away. But I think one of the challenges is that we're all really, really busy. Yeah. There are not enough doctors to go around. There's not enough optometrists right now to go around. And uh, I don't know about all of you listening, but we have challenges in our family getting even our kids and ourselves appointments for some of the doctors we need to go to. So if that's the case, then when is a doctor ever going to have time to get the latest and greatest information and uh, adopt it, bring it into their practice and actually start using it? So we'll talk about the when. The when honestly should be right away. So there's a few things you can do to stay up to date with uh, the latest. And that was one of them. There's actually a website and there's an app called Up to Date, which you can look up any disease and they have different uh, editors, different writers, different analysts that will go in and they'll look at that disease process and they'll put in the latest research as fast as they can get to it. 
So that's one resource. Right, right. But the areas I think that I like to focus on for patients in the practice are, and examples are uh, some of the next that we're going to talk about. So right. you hear me talk about a lot of stuff. What do you think is one of the most important ones, one of the ones I talk about the most? Probably myopia is a big one right now, right? It is. That's yeah. going on everywhere. So that conversation is everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was on a panel at SECO, yep. SECO's 100th uh, anniversary yeah. event last week. And we actually had a panel conversation. Uh, Let's see, there were five of us on this panel. One, two, three, four. Yes, five of us on this panel. And the topic was myopia management. Mm -hmm. And what we did, it was brilliant. Chris Roten and Paula Jamian kind of helped us create the uh, agenda. And we went through what is the, where where are we at right now? So how big a problem is myopia? Mm -hmm. Then we talked about the biggest options for treatment right now and how we implement them into practice. It was really, really good because we had a chance to actually get the latest information from each of these areas so we could take it back into practice. Myopia is one of the biggest challenges today. And the thing I always tell patients, and I used my dad as an example, is that myopia is not just important because it causes vision problems. It's also important because it actually causes elongation of the eyeball as it progresses, which can lead to eye diseases such as glaucoma, cataracts, macular degeneration, retinal tears, retinal detachments, many other things. And so as we look at myopia and how bad it is and how many people have it and how dangerous it can be for your eye health, The thing now we can do is we can stop the progression. And so what's important right now is that we all are more knowledgeable about the ways to do that, that we stay up to date with what the options are, and then we start to implement it in practice. That can recession-proof your practice. Absolutely. We are excited to have Cooper Vision as a sponsor of our podcast. Cooper Vision is one of the world's leading contact lens manufacturers and they serve eye care professionals and patients in over 130 countries. Their innovative products help millions of patients see every single day. One of the technologies and innovations that we love the most about Cooper Vision is their groundbreaking technology in soft contact lenses that helps to slow the progression of myopia in children eight to 12 years old at the initiation of treatment. So I think the one example too, we've been doing this a long time, this whole myopia management thing. Yeah. Do you remember one of our patients, David, that we had that might be close to home? Our son? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I think I do remember. So there are those that might say I uh, refracted my kids a little too often, but it worked out. (laughs) Doesn't matter. And it's eye-opening. No pun intended. Every three months, uh, kids, they both got uh, refractions, retinal photos, you know, some basic testing done in the practice. Turns out it was that fast. Right. He went from one three-month visit to the next three-month visit. He had already changed that fast. Yeah. He had gone from just one eye Mm -hmm. from Plano to a minus 150. Right. So zero prescription to a minus 150 Mm -hmm. in three months. And I knew my dad was a minus nine, is a minus nine. And I did not want him there. And so we immediately started doing what we call overnight sight or Mm -hmm. ortho K. Mm -hmm. We put him in a lens because his other eye was fine. He Mm -hmm. didn't need anything. And we continued to watch closely. We put him in one lens that he would wear overnight to correct his vision in the morning and keep him from getting worse. And he is 21 and has not progressed. Right. It's It's amazing. amazing. Yeah. 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 We both say the same thing at the same time. And 
I look at that as a parent, as one of life's biggest successes, because I did not want Aiden to be like my dad vision wise. Right. And I, I look at it as a doctor, as an obligation. And what's the average practice? How many patients? Oh, well, the number of people Potential. that are myopic, there are the, the majority of the U.S. is myopic of, of all refractive error. So let's break it down to of people with refractive error. The biggest percentage of refractive error that exists in the world is my is myopia. Okay. But we talked about on the last episode that presbyopia, which is old age eyes, it's is what we kind of think of it as. Is gaining ground. Is gaining ground. Yeah. Thanks right. to us, all of us over 40. Some of us much more over 40 than others. (laughs) So myopia is a big problem. And it's something Mm -hmm. that we see every day in our practice. It's a great way to be able to be knowledgeable about what's coming. And we're at the point now where I feel like if we don't know what all the options are for myopia management, not just correction, but management, it's going to be a difficult conversation to have with parents in 10 years as to why we did nothing. Right to slow the progression of myopia for your child 10 years ago. So yeah, that one definitely tops the list. Other things though, that we see often in the practice. Dry eye. Yeah, David hears me eye. talk about it all the time. And dry eye is another one that's very near and dear to our hearts because we're recording in our home studio right behind us is an office. We had this office when we set it up completely redesigned for my dry eyes. What are some of the things we did, Dave? Air conditioner, had to move the fence. Couldn't use the ceiling fan because it was just too much for the room. So it was just minor things like that. And then the windows, obviously, we had to. Yeah. It's just mainly the air that seems to bother you most. Yep. And I don't know if that's what bothers most dry eye patients, but. Yes. I don't seem to, it doesn't seem to bother me as much. I don't know. Right. I'm not in that situation, so I don't know yet. Well, I'm, I'm sure going to tell everybody. I'm Absolutely. sure it's coming. No, I don't think, th- I think that one you <laughs> might be okay with. So we know that it's more prevalent in women than men. Hmm. And that's the whole point. As we look at how to recession proof our practice, we look at the fact that we have to continue to learn more about each of these diseases because dry eye disease is becoming a bigger problem for everybody. And mostly because of our digital device use and computer use, partly also because of the time we spend. So when you think of it, why is it causing dry eye and is it the cause or is it just a correlation? So part of the reason it's associated, let's just say associated is because when we concentrate on a computer or any screen, mm-hmm. we don't blink blink. Right. So we don't blink like we should video games, video games. You remember watching Aiden, our son? Absolutely. What, what did you notice when he was little when we started letting him play? Do you remember? He'd come out of the room and his eyes were bloodshot they were they were so red that i thought he'd been in there crying i mean i'm like what are you doing you gotta blink bud yeah and he he even knew he would come out and say oh it's just the video game i'm just not blinking i'm just staring so i can get a high score and to be fair he's really really good at almost every game he starts playing but what's crazy about it is even at a young age Mm -hmm. we're seeing dry eye now in our patients because they're on computers, they're on devices, they're not yep. blinking, they're holding them closely so that they're blinking even less, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to concentrate. And then, if they're doing this at the same time as vents are blowing on their face, right? and so their environment isn't as it should be, right, right. now you multiply 
all the problems on top of each other. And there are things we still don't even know. Mm -hmm. Like when you don't blink, the one thing we know doesn't happen is the top lid. So tears are sitting on the, the lower lid. The top lid comes down, grabs those tears, spreads them up over the eye to keep the eye moist. Okay, we all get that. What we don't know is what is the damage going to be over time from not. not doing that. So we know already we're starting to see that the oil glands that secrete oil that mix with the tears, that water to mm -hmm. make the tears stay on the eye, they don't get worked as much because they're not having that oil be pulled out of the gland. So and the secrete. mechanism yep. isn't being worked. Right. So if you think about a triggered. car engine, triggered. triggered, right. If you think about a car engine, if you think about anything that's man-made that we have created and how it has to, doing one thing makes the second thing work. Mm -hmm. Basically what we're seeing in kids, we're seeing in adults, we're seeing in all of us is that one problem is triggering a second problem, which is triggering a third problem. And then going. if you add to that medications that kids could be on. Mm -hmm. So if kids are on Accutane for acne, if they're on other medications for right. other problems that could be causing them to have less tearing and have those glands be blocked mm -hmm. or not function like they should. Right. Now we have children. So it used to be you wouldn't hear like you, when did you start hearing me start to really be a complainer about my dry eyes? Five years ago, 10 years ago, two years ago. What do you think? Probably maybe 10 to, yeah, yeah, probably about 10 years ago. If you suffer from dry, scratchy, irritated eyes, the problem may actually stem from your eyelids. Cleansing eyelids daily is essential for maintaining healthy eyes, which is why doctors recommend OcuSoft Lid Scrub Allergy Eyelid Cleanser. New OcuSoft Lid Scrub Allergy removes oil, pollen, and other contaminants from your eyelids to effectively reduce redness, irritation, and itching caused by seasonal allergies. These pre-moistened wipes are easy to use, on the go, or at home. Simply wipe and leave on. As the industry standard of care, OcuSoft has a full line of eyelid cleansers for various conditions. Available through eye care professionals, most retail outlets, and Amazon.com. Visit OcuSoft.com for more details. And that is exactly when we were taught textbook-wise it hits women in their 40s. Hmm. That's exactly textbook. And partly because of hormones, sometimes because of life changes, but that's exactly what we would see. Right. But what we're seeing now is that because children are having these problems, it's only becoming bigger. So, so it's starting a lot earlier. Right. And so a lot how more does males too? So I could, you know, David and I can go on and on and talk about how the conversation about dry eye goes, but what we started out with is 10 ways to recession proof your practice. Mm -hmm. And we we made this one basically number 6. And what the the theme is is to keep up with the latest treatment options for all of these conditions. And right. so the big ones we talked about myopia management huge definitely one we have to stick with yep that one there are contact lenses that are available mm -hmm. at this point too if you're not putting those contact lenses that are fda approved into your practice then i really don't think that's okay i mean and we're at the point now where it is it is an obligation right. dry eye disease i may not have every piece of technology for that mm -hmm. but it's okay at least i know how to start the conversation and start some of the options and we'll right. talk about what some of those are in yep. another episode yep and then another one I think that comes up right now is there's people that have keratoconus that could have something called corneal cross-linking done. 
This is something I don't do, but at the same time, I can send my patients for that. But mm-hmm. if I don't know about it, I don't send them. They don't get that option, and right. then they could progress. Yeah. So that's how this happens. Age-related macular degeneration, it's a big problem as well. As more patients live longer, more people will have age-related macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. There are ways to prevent it. There are ways to stop it. There are things that can be done for these patients. Not all of them are surgery, thankfully. There are some yep. that are all about the way we eat. and Preventative? The, yes. Preventative, nutrition, you know, things yep. that we can do that will make a difference. So where is it that we finally see, and that's kind of where I'm at, I finally noticed and I realized even though I've been in practice for 28 years, I have to stay on top of things. I have right. to understand what the latest options are right. because my patients count on that for me. And it's just not, it's not just, here's your glasses. Right. And you know what? That's what keeps people coming back. Right. So that is why that makes it to our list of one of the 10 ways to yeah. recession-proof your practice. And maybe it's not me. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not April in my practice that's yep. the expert at these things. Maybe it's oh, my associate. Dr. Awadala is phenomenal. Yeah. She can be the one that handles, yep. you know, the subject matter that I don't want to or am not the best at. I mm-hmm. need to know about it. But if I don't want to be the one that's actually treating it, I can send those patients to her and she can be a part of that. So that's the beauty of having an associate in your practice and yeah. being able to have your strengths and pass to your uh, associate the things that they're better at. Mm-hmm. So number six, that was number six, keep up with the latest treatment options for uh, all of the things that we have to face every day, but at least pick those ones that are the big, the big items in your practice where we see the most change taking place and make sure that you are part of a, you can do a a Google search. I mean, not a search, a Google alert. Hmm. So you can get notifications on any of those topics, but those are some things we can do to help recession-proof our practice. Love it.